the show with a really cool image I saw it, uh, from at EarthPix on Twitter. Um, really interesting shot here in Indonesia. Uh, if you're not following at EarthPix on Twitter, definitely I recommend following them. Um, or, you know, check it out, twitter.com slash thejohndnewton. We've got that image there as well. Um, then we've got this clip from Bernie Sanders, and Medicare for All is going to be something that we talk about a lot on the show, but I thought I would play this clip for Today you guys. In Today in America, 28 million people have no health insurance, and even more are underinsured with high deductibles and high copayments. Now, my Republican colleagues here in Congress, they had a brilliant, brilliant idea. And their idea was to throw up to 32 million Americans off of the health insurance they currently have. And what a disaster that would have been. Well, we have a somewhat different idea. And our idea is to do what every other major country on earth is doing, and that is to guarantee health care to all people as a right, not a privilege. And I'm very proud to be introducing a Medicare for All legislation, which now has 15 co-sponsors here in the U.S. Senate and dozens and dozens of grassroots organizations behind us. Now, I know that taking on the insurance companies and Wall Street and the drug companies and the medical equipment supplies and all those people who profit off our dysfunctional healthcare system is not going to be an easy fight. And the only way we win this is when the American people stand up as they are and demand real change. And when we do that, you're going to see major and beautiful things happening. So I ask you to work with us at the grassroots level. Speak to your neighbors, speak to your coworkers. Let us go forward and finally do what this country should have done a long time ago, and that is to guarantee health care to all people. Look forward to working with you. Thank you. Uh, so obviously that was Bernie Sanders talking about introducing uh, his bill for Medicare for all. Uh, which actually has 15 co-sponsors uh, in the Senate. Uh, so that basically means like 15 other senators um, that are sponsoring the bill, um, which is a record. Um, it's, there's two ways to look at it. It's a record, so that's an accomplishment, that's an achievement. Um, but the fact that it's 25% of Democrats and there's still 75% of Democrats on the sideline, I think shows you how bought and paid for uh, these senators are. Um, if you're a Democrat and you're not for this, you're probably not really truly a Democrat. Um, and we'll get into that. Um, so Dave Weigel tweeted out, the first look at Senator S Sanders' Medicare for All bill is a four-year phase-in, no co-pays, and a private market only for supplemental. Um, so interesting article there from the Washington Post, which Dave Weigel tweeted out. Um, and again, my two cents on this, uh, I think the other 75% of Senate Democrats are spineless, ballless individuals that should be voted out of office because they're bought and paid for. Um, I don't think there's any reason why you shouldn't be for Medicare for All if you have a D beside your name. Um, that's really how I feel, uh, you know, I don't really have much to add to that. Um, 
I also said that the others, that other 75% of, of Democrats would be losers, as Donald Trump would say. Uh, Jonathan Cohn tweeted out, conspicuously missing from the Sanders plan, details on how to pay for it. Uh, so kind of a smart-ass remark. Um, I think it's obvious it's going to be paid for with tax dollars. I think, um, you know, it's a question that hasn't been asked to the American people because this has never really gotten that far. But are you willing to pay more taxes to have better health care? Um, you know, there's a lot of people that say no to that. But those same people, you know, when insurance premiums go up or if they, God forbid, have an emergency and they end up having to pay for it out of pocket, I think they would have liked to have had the option to at least vote um, for higher taxes to cover health care costs. Um, it, it's an interesting issue in the U.S. because it truly defines the American people. Are they a society that cares about one another? Or are they a society that just gives a shit about themselves? Um, you know, as Bernie Sanders said in that video, they're the only developed country in the world that doesn't do this. Um, you know, and for most people, they would view that as being an embarrassment. Um, but the American people seem to take a stubborn kind of pride in it, um, which I don't understand. So, you know, we'll see what happens with that. But Jonathan Cohn's tweet there is an example of the kind of ignorance and stupidity, really, that you're seeing in the states where they're going, oh, well, how are we gonna pay for it? Well, how are you paying for your military? You know, um, how are you paying for a lot of the things that go on in the states, your border control? Um, you know, all of that is paid for by tax dollars. Healthcare would be no different, except, God forbid, the people would actually benefit from those tax dollars being spent instead of a huge corporation like the military industrial complex. Um, Mark Murray tweeted out, notably Bernie Sanders is leaving out for now the raising taxes component of a single payer plan. Again, you know, um, all of these are criticisms um, and they're actually criticisms that I would agree with. I would, I would actually love for all of the Democrats to support Bernie Sanders and for all the Democrats to go out and say, yeah, you know what? We're going to have to raise taxes, um, but this is what you're going to get for it. Um, instead of playing this game where, you know, they don't reveal that, um, you know, why can't the Democrats be more like the Republicans that way where they just don't give a shit? Um, you know, what I mean by that is there was an interview that Dick Cheney did back when he was the vice president, and uh, he was asked, oh, you know, the Iraq war, it's not popular based on the polls that have recently come out. And Dick Cheney just looked at the reporter and he said, so, you know, that's the type of balls that I think the Democrats need to develop when it comes to something like this. Are your taxes going to have to be raised? Yeah. So. Um, a tweet from Sarah Cliff, she tweeted out, maybe makes sense for the moment. This bill isn't going anywhere this year eventually needs to transition to a more realistic plan. Uh, so I responded to Sarah, and I, I think that this is where Americans get lost in this issue, is that they view it as something that's unrealistic. But meanwhile, other countries having a single-payer system isn't realistic enough for you. Um, you know, it's hilarious to me how the U.S. kind of limits itself. 
um, you know, and this is a country that is supposedly about the American dream and, you know, dream big and all of this. But at the end, what you really see from their politics is that they're really scared shitless. Um, and, and for something so foolish, really, I mean, the single payer system is not something ballsy. It's something that exists in every other country that's, you know, a major developed country in the world. Um, so that argument, I, I don't understand. And, and it's like Americans are holding themselves back from something that would actually benefit them. Um, why? Because they're afraid their taxes might go slightly higher. Um, you know, if you look at how much healthcare costs the average American, I think the average American would probably be better off paying slightly higher taxes. It would probably save them more money. Um, but nobody seems to look at it that way, or nobody's making that argument in the United States. Um, you know, what I added to that is, you know, taxes will go up. Surprise! Sometimes you have to give to receive. Um, not really not much, much more to say than that um, this was interesting this was a billboard uh, that was put out um, that says hi Stephen do I have your attention now I know all about her you dirty sneaky immoral unfaithful poorly endowed slime ball everything's caught on tape your in brackets soon to be ex-wife Emily P.S. I paid for this billboard from our joint bank accounts. <laughs> so I thought that was a hilarious uh, billboard that was posted by a soon-to-be ex-wife, uh, Emily, to her husband, Stephen, who apparently was cheating on her. So I thought that was pretty funny. Um, some other good news. This was tweeted out from uh, Dan Linden. Uh, HBO apparently has renewed last week tonight with John Oliver. Uh, for three more seasons uh, so that is a really good show if you haven't seen it on HBO I highly recommend it if you don't have HBO uh, there's so many clips available on YouTube uh, just a hilarious show and uh, to the staff there to their credit a lot of times they do research of things that you know the regular news channels don't even though it is like a comedy show uh, a lot of times they dig up things that a lot of people weren't aware of um, so really happy to see HBO renew them for another three years, similar to uh, them renewing Bill Maher's show, uh, Real Time. Uh, so some, some really good shows uh, on HBO being extended. Really happy to see that. Uh, Billionaire Mindset had another really good tweet, really good uh, brain dropping. Uh, don't go into a new day with an old mind. Um, I, I love that saying. I think that was really, really a good brain dropping to drop on everybody. Um, and then Tim and Sid tweeted out that uh, Kyle Lowry cracked the top 20 on Sports Illustrated's top 100 list. He was actually ranked 19th. Um, what I don't understand about that ranking, and it's not that Kyle Lowry isn't a good player. He is. He's an all-star. But that places him above DeMar DeRozan. And I think that's a mistake, because if you're watching the Raptors, if you're a fan of the Raptors, I think most fans would say, in watching you know, all 82 games in the playoffs, that DeMar DeRozan was by far the best player. Kyle Lowry was actually sidelined by injury for a good chunk of the season. Um, you know, When he came back, a lot of people would argue he wasn't the same player. So why exactly is Kyle Lowry ranked higher than DeMar DeRozan? These rankings that are coming out, Sports Illustrated, ESPN's rankings, whichever one you look at, 
they're so flawed um, and it seems like the writers that made it I don't know what they were thinking um, but I, I, I don't it makes you wonder about the sports writers that are supposedly watching these games uh, as the fans are because most fans don't I think agree with the, that ranking I certainly don't I would put DeMar DeRozan um, you know forget about rankings in the NBA if I'm just ranking Toronto Raptors DeMar DeRozan right now is number one number two Kyle Lowry uh, number three you could have a debate between uh, Jonas Valanciunas and Serge Ibaka um, I, you know I think most people would probably say Serge Ibaka would be number three number four would be JV um, but I think you can make the argument for JV um, it would just be interesting if coach Casey could find a way to utilize uh, JV's strengths more um, you kind of feel like he's a player that's kind of wasting away uh, with the Toronto Raptors right now, which is a shame because there's so much potential. He's still a young player. Um, you know, when the rest of the league is shooting threes and you've got somebody like Jonas Valanciunas that can be really strong on the inside, um, I, I just I don't understand why Casey and the Raptors are trying to play everybody else's game instead of making everybody else play your game with Jonas Valanciunas, um, you know, the, the small ball game, uh, having to, you know, change itself to try and play against somebody like Jonas Valanciunas, because a lot of teams will play just, you know, smaller players at, like, the, the one and two positions. Um, you know, just my thoughts on the Raptors. Um, but, yeah, it's very disappointing to see these rankings coming out before the NBA season. Uh, it kind of kills enthusiasm going into the NBA season, in my mind. Um but if it serves as uh, a kind of motivation for players like DeMar DeRozan, then I'm all for it. Um, and it seems like it has. Uh, DeMar DeRozan tweeted out the other day, FSI. Um, so that pretty much tells you what he thinks. Uh, so, you know, if it serves as a motivation for him, you know, maybe it's a good thing. Um, again, uh, just to remind everybody, if you're watching us on YouTube, first of all, thank you. Um, but there's other ways to consume this show as well. Uh, you can watch us and listen to us, actually, I should say, um, on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, Podcast.com. Uh, so we're on all of those platforms. Uh, if you are listening to us on those platforms, thank you. Um, and yeah, you know, um, really, really grateful for everybody watching and listening on whatever platform they're choosing to consume this show. So, uh, Uberfax tweeted out a really interesting thing that I had no idea about. Uh, recently, we had the Apple event uh, where the iPhone 8, 8 Plus, and 10, uh, the details came out about it. Um, but going back to the very first live iPhone demonstration, uh, Uberfax tweeted out something I had no idea about. Apparently, Steve Jobs was secretly switching phones because they weren't able to play a song without crashing. Um, their displays were rigged to show five bars of signal strength, and he had to use a portable cell tower so they would seem reliable enough to make calls. Um, although one mistake could have ruined the presentation, Steve Jobs got through it without any hiccups, and the iPhone was a hit before it even worked. Uh, so that was a pretty cool tweet from Uberfax. Uh, Billionaire Mindset had another really good brain dropping. They said, uh, we don't lose friends, we just learn who our real ones are. I think that's very true. Um, I had a brain dropping. 
course, this Papa John's Brain Droppings podcast, so why not? I said, inspiration is like bathing. It's very effective, but it must be practiced on a regular basis. And we try to do that on this show um, with constant brain droppings like that, like, you know, the ones from Billionaire Mindset, wherever we can get them. Um, you know, because those sayings, those quotes, um, they mean something. Um, and, you know, we know that that kind of serves as a motivation to people, it serves as a motivation to us. Um, and, you know, we, we want for that to be out there. Um, any type of positivity like that, that you can kind of take in and, you know, it means something to you and you kind of run with it. Um, you know, that's what this podcast is really all about, kind of spreading those positive vibes. Um, so some really, really good brain droppings there. Um, Bill Browder dropped a, a brain dropping saying that finally the U.S. bans Kaspersky antivirus software in all federal agencies amid concerns of Russian espionage. So uh, yesterday it came out that Kaspersky antivirus software might be linked to uh, Russian spies. And uh, I found that funny because I know there's a lot of companies out there that also use Kaspersky. Um, it'll be interesting to see if that changes anything. Uh, but going back to the NBA rankings, it's been a very controversial subject um, for a lot of people, a lot of fans, but also a lot of basketball players. Uh, CJ McCollum was no different. He tweeted out, uh, we need to start ranking these weak-ass journalists with descriptions of their strengths, weaknesses, and ability to make up sources. I thought that was a pretty good tweet there by CJ McCollum, and I would agree. You know, I think these rankings, especially this year, more than any I've ever seen before, they seem so far out of whack. Uh, nobody's happy with them. Uh, Uberfax tweeted out that porn sites get more visitors each month than Netflix, Amazon, and Twitter combined, to which I responded, no shit. And probably half of those views are probably from Ted Cruz. <laughs> uh, so Joy Reid tweeted out, uh, today the White House press secretary used the people's podium to call for the firing of an individual citizen, Jamel Hill from ESPN. Uh, take that in, Joy Reid is saying. Um, so yeah, for those of you guys that don't know, uh, Jamel Hill um, on Twitter voiced her concerns about Donald Trump, and she was saying that she believes Donald Trump is a white supremacist. Um, you know, is that the most controversial thing that I've ever seen or anybody's ever seen on Twitter? I would say no. Um, and again, you know, it makes you wonder about your right to uh, freedom of speech. Um, you know, it's not like she was threatening the president in any way. She was just, you know, verbally or, you know, on Twitter typing out her opinion of the president. Um, you know, and, and I think Joy is right in the sense that it's, it, it's very crazy to see the press secretary using her podium to actively seek uh, ESPN firing somebody or an employer firing a private citizen. Um, it just goes to show you like how thin-skinned this president is. Um, a lot of people, as we're going to point out later on in the podcast, pointed to Donald Trump as a private citizen, saying that uh, Barack Obama was not born in the U.S. Um, and you never heard Barack Obama going on the podium or his press secretary going on the podium and saying, um, you know, anybody that's got any business dealings with Donald Trump should probably sever those ties because of what he said, you know. Um, so it just kind of shows how thin-skinned 
this administration is. Um, so some more uh, brain droppings for myself. Um, when it comes to aging in the end, our telomeres get us. Um, and also, we all love to sleep, but nobody wants to die. Um, another interesting article that I found, Elon Musk launches Neuralink, which is a venture to merge the human brain with computers. Um, so kind of like a cyborg impact. And this was uh, an article from TheVerge.com. Uh, so if you're interested, definitely check it out on Twitter.com slash TheJohnDNewton. Um, pretty interesting stuff. Elon Musk always seems to be involved in such interesting ventures um, and projects. So this is just another one you can add to that list. Um, another interesting image that I wanted to share with you guys is how every minute of the day is spent um, on the internet. Um, so if you're interested in that image, I know it doesn't really show up on the screen too well. Uh, again, check it out, twitter.com slash thejohndnewton, um, and you guys would be able to see that. Uh, very interesting to see the numbers, to be honest. Um, then there was this. Uh, Sean Connery back in, the days had, had, back in the day had an interview with uh, Barbara Walters, um, and he was talking about uh, slapping women. Um, and this is from 1987, but still, um, it's very crazy, um, and I wanted to play this for you guys. You did an interview in which you said, it's not the worst thing to slap a woman now and then. As I remember, you said you don't do it with a clenched fist. It's better to do it with an open hand. Yeah. Remember that? Yeah. Yeah. And I didn't I, love that. I haven't changed my opinion. You haven't? No. Not at all. You think it's good to slap a woman? No, I don't think it's good. You I don't think, think it's bad? Much, I don't think it's that bad. I think that it depends entirely on the circumstances and if it merits it. Yeah. And what would merit it? Well, if you have tried everything else, and women are pretty good at this. They, they can't leave it alone. Yeah? They don't they want to have the, the, the last word, and you give them the last, last word, but they're not happy with the last word. They want to say it again and, and get into a really provocative situation. Then I think it's absolutely right. And what would... So obviously that last part was edited in, um, but just, it's hilarious to kind of watch that. Um, obviously that was the time and the era that Sean Connery grew up in, but you know, I think for most people they would just say to Sean, why wouldn't you just you know break up with that woman? You know, like why would you just slap her like that? So um, yeah, you know, pretty, pretty crazy interview there. Um, funny, um, but sad at the same time, um, yeah, like, I think that's something that you kind of have to find the humor in, um, obviously it's wrong, but, yeah, I, I wanted to share that with you guys on the podcast. Um, Manu Raju tweeted out, uh, I can't think of any time Obama cut a deal with Republicans, is what the press secretary said, um, yesterday, um, and Manu pointed out, that's ignoring the major fiscal and tax deals he had to cut with the House Republicans. Um, you know, again, the, kind of the ignorance that you're seeing from the press secretary um, is astounding. Um, then there was this tweet by 538. Uh, 538 on Twitter and their website is fantastic. Uh, lots of great stats and polls and statistics. 
um, about politics, and uh, this was an interesting one. It's a chart going from February to September of uh, Donald Trump's approval rating. So in green is his approval rating, in orange is his disapproval rating. So you're seeing that his disapproval rating is going up, his approval rating is going down, and it's actually at a record low right now as we head into October. Um, then kind of going from politics back into sports, uh, Tim and Sid were talking about uh, what was going on with the Calgary Flames. And for those of you guys that have kind of missed that, um, basically what's going on is that the Calgary Flames have been pushing the city of Calgary to build a new arena. Um, they currently play at the Saddle Dome, and uh, they're, they're just trying to see if they can get the city to pay for it with taxpayer money. Um, this is a very contentious issue, obviously. Uh, what adds fuel to the fire is that there's actually a mayoral election coming up uh, in Calgary, and the Calgary mayor is actually very, very popular, for, especially for those of you guys that aren't in Canada that aren't aware of that. He is extremely popular in that city. Now, this might kill some of that popularity. Um, I know there's a lot of really die-hard Calgary Flames fans in that city, obviously. Um, this might change their opinion of, of the mayor, but it brought this interesting poll question. Should public money be used to fund professional sports arenas or stadiums? Um, so the results of it, in my vote, is actually no. Uh, the majority vote is no, 61% um, with 8,000 votes in. So um, yeah, I, I, it's an issue where there's a lot of arguments on both sides, and I understand the arguments from both sides, but at the end of the day, if you're a billionaire and you own a franchise, um, or you know, you're working, partnering with different companies, um, I don't understand how there cannot be like a private investment in a, an arena or a stadium. Why do you want like a handout from the taxpayers when you don't really need one? Um, you know, if you look at the city of Toronto as an example, the Air Canada Centre um, in 1999, that was all private funded. Um, it had nothing to do with taxpayers. I don't understand why that can't happen everywhere else. Um, and what's interesting about this issue is you dive into the NFL and you see teams like uh, the St. Louis Rams. Uh, you see teams uh, like the San Diego Chargers, um, the Oakland Raiders. Um, you know, th this is not the Buffalo Bills. These are some pretty major, major cities um, that have decided, no, we're not going to spend billions on a new stadium. You know, if you can't do it privately, um, you're free to leave. Um, and that's the NFL. Um, I don't think anybody, you know, 10 years ago would have thought that would, that would have been possible. Um, but it is. So... You know, it'll be interesting to see what happens with Calgary. Um, the mayor kind of did a bit of a jab back at the NHL and uh, Ken King and, you know, Calgary Flames ownership group. And he was saying, you know, I don't know if this has anything to do with the timing of Seattle announcing uh, their plans to renovate their arena in time for 2020. Um, but he said he's going to take them at their word for it. Um, so, yeah, you know, it, really, really interesting time in Calgary. Uh, at the same time, 
what makes this even more interesting is that Calgary is, in, is rumored to be interested in hosting the Winter Olympics again uh, because they've got the facilities from the 80s uh, when, they, when they hosted the Olympics before. Um, I think that would be fascinating. Um, and it may actually be how this all turns around is if they can somehow get that Winter Olympic bid in and they win it, um, I think the money uh, would flow in even from the federal government uh, and, and that would actually help to build a new arena for the Calgary Flames, but not technically for the Calgary Flames, more for the Winter Olympics. So um, really interesting to see what happens with this, but definitely uh, a subject that I think a lot of people are interested in, not just in Calgary, but all of Canada, not just in Canada, but in the US as well, because you've got that parallel between uh, what's going on in the NHL here with Calgary and what's been going on in the NFL with teams like the Raiders and the Rams. Um, so it's really, really interesting uh, subject. Um, staying with sports and going back to the Toronto Raptors, um, you know, the Carter effect we've talked about on the podcast before uh, has really kind of stirred up some debates uh, amongst, you know, Raptors fans. Um, and one of them is, you know, if, if Vince comes back, do you want to see him come back as a player? Uh, if Vince comes back, do you want to see Vince as a part of the front office or and you know n none of these things are, are you know exclusive uh, you know they they could all come together there's a chance that Vince Carter could come back as a player um, there's a chance that Vince Carter could also come back and work in the front office and there's a chance on top of that that they could retire his number and raise his number up to the rafters and there's a lot of Toronto Raptors fans that say no they shouldn't raise that number up to the rafters um, but what I would say is like if you've got a Bon Jovi banner up there then you can have a Vince Carter jersey up there um, you know and, and that's to point out how silly the argument even is to begin with uh, what Vince Carter did culturally uh, for the city for the country when it comes to basketball um, I don't think we'll ever be overshadowed by anything. Um, you know, a lot of people say, oh, you know, he wasn't, he didn't really reach his potential. He wasn't really trying at the end. He was asking to be traded. Um, in the grand scheme of things, all of that means nothing compared to what he contributed uh, to the city, to the country, um, and to basketball in general. Um, you know, and, and keep in mind he did it in a smaller market at the time in the Toronto Raptors um, and he got national attention uh, and then international attention because he got it in the States as well. Uh, NBC actually wanted more games with the Raptors at that time because of Vince Carter's popularity. So um, yeah, I mean, for those reasons, there's no doubt in my mind he should be up there, um, especially if your argument is, oh, well, you know, it would degrade the, the franchise. You've got a Bon Jovi banner up there. Get real, you know. Um, another interesting tweet from Heat Vision blog was that there was a new uh, Superman issue that came out, a new Superman comic. And in that comic, it showed Superman, uh, a new pro-immigrant Superman issue being particularly timely. And there he is actually protecting somebody shooting at illegal immigrants uh, so he's saying stop this um, 
and I found it interesting because if you think about uh, Superman's origin stories, he was in fact an illegal immigrant himself. You know, he's from another planet. He crash lands in Kansas. Um, you know, um, Superman. I thought this comic actually went even deeper, and this one, this comic is actually Action Comics number nine eighty seven. Um, so Superman goes deep because he confronts the guy that was shooting the illegal immigrants and he asks him why and the response that he gave was that they ruined me um, and Superman says the only person responsible for the blackness smothering your soul is you um, so really interesting timely uh, comic uh, addressing some political issues in the United States um, you know, in a lot of ways, it's like Superman versus 2017 and the culture that exists in the U.S. So um, very timely, very interesting uh, decision there by DC Comics to, to run with that. Um, then this guy just cannot seem to escape the news. Uh, Farmer Bro, who we've talked about on the podcast before, uh, Martin Shkreli, uh, had, a, had a bail for his case. And he lost that bail um, because he was ordered to be jailed because he set a bounty online for Hillary Clinton's hair. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. This guy is totally nuts. Um, as I was saying to this, you know, so much for his bail. What is wrong with this troll? Um... And then uh, Matthew from Botchamania tweeted out, uh, rest in peace, Frank Vincent. Uh, Frank Vincent, for those of you guys that don't know, uh, had the great line, now go home and get your fucking shine box um, from Goodfellas. So um, yes, he will be missed. And definitely I agree with that sentiment. Uh, rest in peace, uh, Frank Vincent. Um, another interesting tweet though from Uberfax, uh, Nikola Tesla was able to do integral calculus in his head, making his teachers think he was cheating. Um, so Uberfax tweeted out, he's just a legend, no biggie. Um, then there was this uh, crazy image uh, from Texas City, Texas, um, of a creature, um, and if, if you can't totally see it, I definitely recommend going to twitter.com slash the John D. Newton to check it out. Um, but this sea creature um, that was looks like it was beached is actually an eel um, with teeth and eyes it looks crazy it looks like it's from a sci-fi movie but it's actually real um, definitely I would encourage you guys to check that out um, at the same time uh, there was a few uh, JFWR wrestling shows on this YouTube channel uh, which if you haven't had a chance to check it out definitely check it out uh, one of them features a main event, Randy Savage versus Edge. Um, the other one is actually a Hell in a Cell event. Uh, so there's actually two Hell in a Cell matches. Uh, the first one features Bloodline Brothers going at it, The Rock and Roman Reigns. And the second one features the world champion, The Undertaker, defending against Bo Dallas. Yes, that Bo Dallas um, in another very interesting match. So definitely check that out if you haven't had the chance to. Uh, Dan Pfeiffer tweeted out, Imagine 
the press secretary's reaction if someone had falsely accused Trump of not being a citizen of his own country. Again, pointing out that it's ridiculous for the press secretary to say that what Jamel Hill was saying was outrageous and a fireable offense when Donald Trump was the first person really to come out and voice the birther movement against Barack Obama. So, um, you know, very much uh, hypocritical. Uh, Chris Geidner tweeted out an exclusive that the Trump administration launches broad new anti-leak programs, and it seems like this is happening all the time. Uh, this weak administration just continues to try and prevent leaks from happening in the government. Um, you know, let's see what happens. Uh, Billionaire Mindset tweeted out, If you don't do crazy things while you're young, you'll have nothing to smile about when you're old. I thought that was a good uh, brain-dropping. Uberfax tweeted out, Scientists have developed a microparticle filled with oxygen that can be injected into the bloodstream so we can live without breathing. I thought that was also pretty interesting. Uh, Philip Henry tweeted out, Imagine if Obama demanded Donald Trump be fired from The Apprentice for his birther allegations. Again, uh, pointing out the hypocrisy there. Uh, Politico tweeted out, Trump ethics watchdog moves to allow anonymous gifts to legal defense funds. Uh, So Walter Schaub tweeted out, "Um, this story disgusts me. I was hoping it was a technical website glitch but the acting director doesn't feel you deserve any answer, America. Uh, Uberfax tweeted out, some of you guys may already know this, um, but I wanted to throw this out on the podcast just as a silly brain dropping, um, and it actually is a a dropping. Um, A Dutch oven is when you fart in bed and then pull the covers over another person to smell it. Kind of disgusting, but also kind of funny. Um... Uberfax tweeted out, research in the UK has found that men do not reach full maturity until the age of 43, which I found interesting. Uh, Well, women don't reach maturity until the age of 32. Um, So some interesting numbers there. Um, Amazon, Uberfax also tweeted out, lots of really good brain droppings from Uberfax lately. Uh, Amazon offers its employees up to $5,000 US to quit their jobs they do this to ensure that their employees really actually want to work there. Uh, so pretty interesting stuff there. And then there were a series of YouTube videos that I found interesting. Uh, one of them was a person that was going in reverse on a Toronto highway because they missed their exit. So they backed up and then they went forward to get to their exit. Really crazy stuff. That's a YouTube video on twitter.com slash John D. Newton. Definitely check that out. Um, Conan O'Brien had Bill Skarsgård on uh, to talk about his It smile, so from the movie It. And uh, we'll end the show on an interesting looking movie called Downsizing uh, that I wanted to show to you guys. Um, It looks like it's going to be a really, really interesting movie uh, featuring Matt Damon, uh, Christoph Waltz, and Christine Week uh, from uh, Saturday Night Live. So I wanted to play that for you guys. Uh, to end the show. The cause of all the catastrophes we are seeing today is overpopulation. We are proud to unveil the only practical remedy to humanity's gravest problem. Are you ready, Doctor? Yes, I'm ready.
It's just wild. That's Dave, Dave Johnson. Hey, everybody. And Carol. He never struck me as the kind of guy who'd go get small. Downsizing takes the pressure right off. Plus, you're really making a difference. You mean all that crap about saving the planet? Yeah. Downsizing is about saving yourself. You live like kings. You got best houses, best restaurants, cheesecake factory. You got three of them. In leisure land, your $52,000 translates to $12.5 million to live on for life. Wow. Do you understand that you will undergo the permanent an irreversible medical procedure commonly known as downsizing and that your bodies will be approximately 0.0364% of their current mass and volume. Nervous? Uh, a little. I'll see you on the other side. Love you. Realize we're not.